0: And we're back with episode 166 of the TNA Cross the Line Podcast. I am Bob Kelly Jr. And with me as always is Dallas Greeley. And Dallas, we are only two weeks away from the lockdown 2005. Originally, two matches were going to be inside the Six Sides of Steel. But guess what? Dusty Rhodes is is a comedian. And he suggested, how about we have all of them in there? Thinking that they would all laugh. And there may have been laughter, but then Dixie Carter was like, you know what? I love it. So now every match at lockdown is a steel cage match. I'm pumped. I know Dallas has been pumped for the last three years mm-hmm. to get to this show. And we're just two weeks away. Dallas, how are you feeling?
1: I've never been more excited for eight cage matches on one show in my entire life.
0: One of which is a tables match.
1: Yeah. In a cage. There's a lot of stuff going on. And I think we kind of know most of what's happening on lockdown. Um, Do you think in that
0: tables match, the tables are already in the ring? Or are they going to have to go get them?
1: No, I think they're already going to be in the ring. Because the whole point of, I'd say, as silly as it sounds, the whole point of the cage match is still so you can't, like, leave. So I feel like they kind of have to I already have them in the ring.
0: Yeah, but like I feel like in, in TNA or Impact history, they, they still go outside the cage a lot.
1: Okay, right, so I was waiting for you to say that, and yes, that is true. Uh, especially in uh, Lethal Lockdown matches, yeah. most of most of my memories of Lethal Lockdown matches happen outside of the cage.
0: I remember I know one time here in the future there's like a Philadelphia street fight in a steel cage.
1: okay, like that's weird. <laughs> like that's weird. How
0: do you have a street fight inside of a steel cage? You can't do that.
1: yeah, that doesn't make much sense. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel like they're gonna be there. uh but I guess we'll see. you never know. Um, and, you know, Bob, I've been teasing you, too. We know most of the card, but there's going to be a little bit of a mix-up going on. Um, everyone's going to have to stay tuned for that, because over these next two weeks, we have some absolutely riveting news. And I'm not just saying that to be funny. I mean, there's actually some really good shit here. Um, and there's a pretty decent amount of it as well.
0: I was about to applaud you, because I thought your shirt that you're wearing right now was a WCW like Alliance-era shirt.
1: Oh, just I because wish. of
0: the red and everything but it's not
1: no it's it's not i wish it was actually i almost bought that not long ago really yeah i keep wanting to buy wcw shirts and stuff like that and then i just like don't do it
0: i don't I consider that a wcw shirt because it's branded
1: from the wwe so. well yeah but it still says wcw so it's like that's still the, the it's the remnants yeah you know what i mean i need some wcw merch in my life i I don't want to go to a show and I don't want to be seen wearing fucking John Cena, Triple H shirt. I want to wear WCW Nitro from 1999.
0: I told you I bought uh, a Lance Storm WCW shirt, right? Oh, I don't know if you did. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I'll have to find a picture over here. But uh, it's literally just his eyes like in three different pictures. And on the back, it says, don't blame Canada, blame yourself
1: oh my god is it like authentic or is it like a repo? oh yeah
0: no it's a it's a oh, legit one.
1: Oh wow okay that's really funny uh my favorite thing about you is you buy like the weird wrestling shirts like you don't buy top star shirts oh you're no like, you're like nah i want fucking what's some other ones you have don't you have like a crush shirt and shit like that
0: did i get crush
1: if you don't you would it's like that kind of vibe. I don't know if I you know. want Sid Justice shirts. You don't want. I have a Sid Justice shirt. Yeah. That's more Top guy, but you know what I mean. Yeah. You um, like you like the weirder ones. Well, those like, are the best uh, ones. Well, right, I agree. Like, do you have like a Mortis shirt? You seem like no. a Mortis, Like you'd get a mortar. I mean, I probably would get a Mortis shirt.
0: No, I have a Money Incorporated shirt.
1: Okay.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. You know, I have, like, the Mega Power shirt from WrestleMania 5. But that's pretty, I guess, big. That's a reprint, yeah. though. Well, you got some good um, shirts. That's awesome. I have a Jeff Jarrett Slap Nuts no, original shirt.
1: See, like, that's pretty cool. I don't have any Jeff Jarrett shirts.
2: Oh, okay, here's a Landstorm shirt. Oh, my God, dude. That is absolutely ridiculous.
0: <laughs> I don't know. If
2: it's I right. like
1: how it zooms in on his face.
0: Yeah, that's what, yeah. Because he's
1: serious, you know? Don't blame Canada, blame yourself. Wow. That's awesome. What is this website? I don't know. I just found a picture of it. Oh, okay. I'll have to take a look at that later. Uh, that's pretty awesome. I need some... Uh, remember when we, we found the a couple of like classic t shirts and they were like $90? And I was uh, like, damn, yeah. damn, I'm about to buy this, but I didn't.
0: Yeah, there's like a Monty
1: Brown shirt. And the Brown one it's yeah, in particular, it was like,
2: holy shit. Let's see, is it still available?
0: Oh, I have a Tatanka shirt, I'm pretty sure.
1: It's a, yeah, see, like that kind of shit. Fucking months Tatanka.
0: Oh man, a mission, high voltage.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, these Monty Bound shirts are still available, and they are absolutely absurd in price. How much are they now? Okay, I just found one I've never seen before, though. Um, they're over $100. Bob, what size shirt do you wear? Because you might buy this one.
0: Uh, I wear 2X just for better comfort.
1: Okay, well, this is an XL, but I really think you need I could it. Fi-
0: I could fit in an XL.
1: You've been pounced, the alpha male.
2: And then in the back, one pounce away. 50 bucks. You need this.
0: 50 bucks. That's not bad.
2: If that was my size, I'd buy that. But alas, it is not. Um, Anyway. Some really great stuff here with the the T-shirt talk. Well, back to
1: Impact. Two weeks away from lockdown. It's pretty exciting stuff. And last week's episode, I don't know, I think we liked it. I don't have it pulled up here. Do we like last week's show, Bob? uh
2: last
0: week's was not
1: um what was it i don't even remember i'm pulling it up that's coming yes we gave the last two shows a thumbs up i do think yeah. last week's was better than the week prior so uh there's some positive oh there. yeah let's-
0: chase stevens and aj had a pretty good match from what i remember yeah they
1: did yeah they did uh let's do a quick rundown of the card from april 8th 2005 now of course we are on the second set of three-week tapings at a time Today we're watching the second show from that taping. So first up, Chris Sabin defeated Michael Shane in five minutes and fifty seconds. Yes, not Michael, not Matt Bentley, but he's Michael Shane again. We talked all about that last week.
0: And that's because who was it? I looked it up and was like, oh, it wasn't Bill Barons. It was the Bob Ryder.
1: Bob Ryder. Yeah.
0: He looked it up and was like, oh, hey. This this is actually wouldn't
1: hold up in court. Right.
0: Which is weird, because I feel like he still goes by Matt Bentley eventually.
1: I do think yes. I do think eventually, yes, he does. But that might be because of the character change. I don't
3: know.
1: Maybe he switches because of that. I don't know. We'll find out um, soon enough. Uh, Next up, AJ Styles defeated Chase Stevens in 7 minutes and 37 seconds. Uh, Andy Douglas and Chris Candido were ringside for that. And it was actually a pretty freaking good match. Like, really good TV impact match. Uh, next up, Cassidy Briley teamed up with Dustin Rhodes again to defeat David Young and Lex Levett in 2 minutes and 30 seconds. It seems to be a new team. They've been teaming up quite often recently instead of Lovett and Quarter main. Uh, And then finally, in the main event, Apollo defeated Kid Cash. Uh, it says by disqualification, but I do believe, I think it will end up being a no contest if I remember correctly, but regardless, 9 minutes,
2: 57 seconds. So,
1: not bad overall. Um, And then, yeah, Dusty made the big announcement about the... uh, all the cage matches, which we discussed. Um, And I don't really remember. Um, What else? Let's see if I have anything else in mind. Uh, Jeff Jarrett did an interview. He said um, he was a wrestling dynasty. DDP came out of the crowd to attack him. The outlaw tried to save Jarrett, but DDP then escaped. Uh, So that was like, it looks like... Oh, that's right, dude. Kevin Nash um, made a surprise return, beating up Candido, Stevens, and Douglas all by himself in the back. Uh, Siaki helped out uh, Lance Hoyt. Uh, sorry, sorry, I read that wrong. Sonny Saki helped out Apollo when Lance Hoyt interfered in the Kid Cash-Apollo match. Because there's supposed to be a four-way match that cash was in at lockdown but it's almost appearing that we will be doing a tag team match uh we will talk more about that i do have a note about that um but yeah that's pretty much everything that went down on last week's show so pretty cool stuff now besides that um there's some issues going on backstage shouldn't be a surprise (laughs) right really shouldn't be a surprise
0: it's never Uh, easy i
1: tell you no So, at the April 5th taping, uh, Dave writes that it was almost funeral-like with negativity, which is just a great way to put it. Besides the fact that everyone on all sides had heat with Dusty over the recent bookings, uh, the changes to the pay-per-view with the eight cage matches and overkill on Stips like nobody's business had everyone going nuts. But the real sign was when people got their paychecks. Many people were not exa- were not sure exactly how prevalent this was, um, but many people were shorted on money. Uh, Dave says that we were told the referees, agents, and announcers who got paid on a per show basis and would be owed payment for four shows, which is three hours of TV uh, from three weeks ago plus the pay per view, they got paid for three shows instead of four. Uh, many of the wrestlers also got paid similarly. Uh, and this includes some big names like Monty Brown and Kevin Nash. Favorite, it's a killer because Brown's contract is up in a few months, and something like this is going to make it almost a foregone conclusion that he goes to WWE. Uh, some of the guys who were owed three three shows pay, so appearing on two paper or two TVs and a pay per view only got paid for two shows. So he says he doesn't know if this was for everyone but it was prevalent enough that there was a description of the mood as death watch. Um, that became reality that Panda isn't nearly as much behind the company as a project as many were trying to convince themselves they were. Uh, the feeling is that most of the people have nowhere else to work, and the top people are just going are still getting a decent amount of money on a per-day basis. If they got paid for three shows and only worked two days for it, Uh, Another point of concern is that there are no shows on the schedule after June. This is Mm. something that me and Bob have been kind of chatting about a lot. Um, The contract with Universal was a one-year deal, and the taping ends at the end of June. Um, And as of yet, it has yet to be renewed. Um, And if it isn't, they will have to find a new taping location. Pretty wild stuff and now just to do a quick follow-up because it's further down in my notes uh sean waltman was also on that list of guys who were shorted their pay um but dave notes that he also talked to people who were not so it's not company-wide um he says the surprise was that it appears that the higher paid guys uh who were the victims of being paid for three dvs instead of four um and then he says that usually when companies get in trouble they screw the undercard guys so it's kind of interesting that it's kind of the other way around so,
0: you're saying that the high pay guys were not getting paid?
1: Yeah, it's still it mostly is affecting upper card talent. Although he does know, I mean, announcers. So it doesn't affect everyone though. That's the important part here.
0: Right. I'm just surprised that they would do that to the, you know, people that you would assume are drawing in any viewership.
1: Right. Yeah, it's kind of an interesting situation. Although this is something, too, that I feel like it ends up plaguing uh, TNA impact for many, many years. I mean, I, I remember when—this is later, though, probably—I don't know. You're better with the dates than I am. I'm going to say 2014-ish or so. Maybe 2016. I don't know. I'm bad with the dates. But I remember Matt Hardy speaking up, being like, nah, I'm actually—I've been getting paid. When, like, they were kept reporting that people weren't getting paid. But once again, he's probably more of a top-name guy who probably wasn't getting straight. But I do remember, like, I mean, so it happens for a long time. Or at least hearing about it happening for a long time.
0: I feel like it's later than 2014, isn't
1: it? It probably is. Like I said, I'm very bad with dates. I was just spit. No, I think that, yeah, I think that's closer. You knew what I meant.
0: Yeah, because I remember those reports. But then I think he did also then come around and be like, oh, wait, my check didn't come or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. So. Um, now, also at the 4-5 taping, which we're still watching, by the way. I mean, so I'm I'm trying to uh, di- beat around the bush a little bit here and um, not spoil anything. Now, I like I said, I'm pretty sure we know almost every match and stipulation of lockdown. Um, Bob, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that. But I'm pretty sure we know you already mentioned we know the tables match. We know about lethal lockdown. Um pretty. we know that Abyss and Styles are fighting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: As mentioned. Uh we know about Daniels and Skipper because they spoiled it on the uh tape show a couple weeks two weeks ago. I do not believe we know our tag team title situation at the moment. Uh, We know that Dustin challenged Bobby Roode. I cannot remember if we know the stipulation. No, I don't think we do. Um, Unless it's said at the bottom of the screen. So I'm going to kind of beat around the bush a little bit here. But basically, uh, for three weeks worth of shows uh, or everything leading to the lockdown pay-per-view, they changed up the show and it reads total desperation. So this is because every match on the card is now a cage match. And Dave says, this is what territories do on their last legs. Uh, The DDP, Nash, Waltman versus Outlaw, Brown, and Jarrett match. He says Lethal Lottery match, but it's Lethal Lockdown. I think he just was stuck on Lethal Lottery. But uh, he said it's more like War Games than old Lethal Lottery rules because, once again, it's not Lethal Lottery. Um, So it's going to work like a War Games match. He says they draw cards or straws or something. Based on that 2 guys start, every two minutes, someone else is added in with some kind of lottery to determine who is the advantage. That's what he says. I don't recall it being explained like that, but regardless, that's what he wrote. Um, no one's allowed to win until everyone's in the ring, and weapons are legal in the match. Pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we also know Styles and Abyss, has noted. Um, and we know that—I think we found on the last episode— that the winner of that match will be going right to hard justice for a title shot on May 15th. Pretty sure Dusty let us know about that situation. Um, We'll hold on talking about Rhodes and uh, Rude, because I do think we'll probably hear more about that. I I have a feeling it said it at the bottom of the screen, but we're just going to skip over that for now. Uh, Daniels and Skipper for the X title. Well, that's just a cage match right now. There's nothing special about it. Uh, Raven and Hardy in the tables match. And as I said, I do not think we know the tag team titles, so we will just hold on that for now. Now there is that four-way match that I mentioned earlier: Kid Cash versus Shocker versus Michael Shane versus Chris Sabin. Uh, that's the uh, the I forgot what they call that it exactly. Um, it's like the X ex- something escape. Do you
0: remember what it's called?
2: It's an I escape. Know. Something escape.
0: It you have to the get- stipulation for lockdown.
1: Yeah. Uh... They called it something It's that's different than what Cage Match has listed. But anyways, basically, the first guy who gets out of the cage is the winner and becomes the top contender for the title. And then it essentially works as a ranking. They described it like that, like right. the last one in loses. I don't know if they're just going to do one guy out or not, but regardless. Um, now, it is said that a lot of this was actually forced on Dusty Rhodes um, as opposed to him coming up or even necessarily liking these ideas of the 8, eight matches in one night. Um, he says he's not sure whose call it was, but Triton went from being a project of Rhodes, where he was going to have him squash everyone with a modern Nikita Koloff push, to not even being on three weeks of television, nor on the next pay-per-view and basically forgotten about. So that's kind of a spoiler for the next uh, two shows here, but we will not be seeing Triton. Uh, may, maybe ever? Is it done? I don't know. Um, I haven't watched this stuff, so I we might see the end of it. I'm not sure.
0: You know, it's pretty shocking because we would see that pretty routinely in the asylum years. You know, Mm -hmm. a guy come out for one show and never see him again, but now um, with the actual TV deal and kind of being um, more relevant, I mean, it's got to be considered a disaster of a, I wouldn't agree with a debut or return for uh, Triton to be gone already potentially.
1: Yeah, I would say that's.
0: Um, and then, and you were trying to insert him into a few with Monty Brown. And then you also said that there were rumors of a potential Goldberg level push.
1: Yeah, there's like that kind of stuff where it's like, yeah. what? It's like absurd kind of stuff. Yeah, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, the only other thing that there's one other match that is announced. And I do think we heard about this one um, for lockdown. So I'll just say it. And if not, it's a spoiler and I'm sorry. Um, it's it's noted that Apollo will be facing off against Lance Hoyt at Lockdown, um, but Dave notes that from the TV, it kind of seems like that might end up switching to Apollo and Siaki versus Hoyt versus Kid Cash. We'll see what happens, but because of the way the story has been working, they've been really bumping heads for a few weeks here. Actually, even longer than a few weeks. Um, back when Apollo fought Siaki and they shook hands after Cash and Hoyt came out, and like so, they've been doing this for. Like three weeks or so.
0: Yeah, I would assume that it would be more of a tag match than
1: a singles. Which, of course, that means Cash is going to have to get switched out of the escape match and they'll have to figure out a a filler for that. But, right. Um, Also, it's noted that Johnny Fairplay is booked for the next pay per view, but he actually wasn't used again on this uh, week's tapings um, because he had other commitments. So we may see Fairplay again at lockdown.
3: Um,
1: but that explains why um, probably he has not been coming out with anyone because, remember, he was supposed to be t- like the manager for Buck Quartermain and Lex Lovett, and then like yeah. he just hasn't.
3: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, now on to some other fun stuff. We have some dusty talk. Um, I got some people who may uh, end up coming into the company, and then we'll talk about some stuff during the show as well. Uh, do you want to hear a riveting um, interview from the former TNA alum, Joe E. Legend? Oh no. What did he say now? Do you remember? I don't know, man. It was a few months ago. Wasn't it? where he absolutely <sighs> tore Jeff Jarrett and TNA a new one?
0: Yeah.
1: Well, he's back at it. So hold on tight. So Joey legend, Still hates Jeff Jarrett. This is from Alvarez, by the way, so I don't think there's any much of his side talk in in it, but I'm just going to read through. Uh, From an interview asking him if he'd ever go back to TNA or WWE, um, he says, quote, The only company worse than WWE is TNA, and there is no way I would ever go back there as long as Jarrett had anything to do with it. I have never met a more vile, sneaky, underhanded, deceitful coward in my life. I mean, if he had, if he at least had some talent, I could put up with him. But he has none, at least not in the ring or on the mic. His talent lies in making people with money believe that somehow he will be able to make money back for them if they just trust him. But facts are facts. Every company Jarrett has been a main event for has gone under in spectacular fashion. Music City Wrestling, Dead and Buried, a tradition... Of Wrestling in Memphis, buried when a guy so untalented and uninteresting takes over as as the top guy. WCW, think Hiroshima and what kind of effect that had on the other major company. (laughs) Um, All kinds of talent in the locker room worthy of of the fans' interest and money. And with this guy on top, a company which had a history all the way back to the beginning of the last century fell to pieces. Now, NWATNA. The company had been around for almost three years and almost went under in the first six months. That was until Panda Energy came on board with some money to save it. Since coming on board, Panda has lost in the range of $20 million, trying to make fans believe that Jarrett has any value other than an organ donation. Well, like I said, he's a total con man and has Panda still flushing money down the toilet. I will laugh myself sick when they finally go under because of that guy. I don't want to see all the real talent the rest of the roster out of work. But more importantly, I don't want the fans to have to endure a company that doesn't have their best interests at heart. This business is first and foremost uh, for the fans and not for some lazy, incompetent, know-nothing con man on an ego trip who should not consider buying a ticket to a show, uh, let alone being a part of one. Uh, A walking piece of garbage. So in answer to the original question, and I'm assuming that you can guess the answer in the last couple of paragraphs. No, I have no desire to go back to WWE or TNA, at least not while they're still run the way they are. It's not right.
0: Um, well, no surprises there, I guess, from Mr. Joe Legend. You know, here's the thing, though. I kind of believe like what he's saying about Jeff Jarrett in terms like of this era of TNA where I'm sure he was sneaky and you know political and
1: it does kind of feel like that um so it's probably especially not in the especially in like the asylum time I mean yeah um so I'm not I'm not totally surprised um yeah pretty wild interviews here um of course, as we know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Joe, but uh, TNA is, they're still around, but Jarrett's not involved, so he could come back. That's true. That's a good point. Um, also, I, I, every time that we we tagged him in post previously, he was, he looked, he said some very nice things about the people he worked with. So that's good to know. I mean, of course, they were never about Jarrett, but. Right. I mean, he, uh-huh. yeah, he probably liked the people that he worked with, but not the people he worked yeah, with. Yeah, but at least, at least he's got something positive to come out of it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, maybe he's a changed person. Maybe he's more of a motivational guy.
1: Yeah, I, I like him. He's a good guy to me. Um, of- yeah, I, I just hit friend of the show. That's right. He's a good guy. Um, well, I just had to get that one out of the way. Um, In some other shocking news, um, Dave writes, in a stunning move, which could be almost described as morally re- uh, reprehensible, WWE has announced that it was firing Matt Hardy on April 11th. Now, you're you're thinking, Bob, or Dallas, why are we talking about Matt Hardy? Well, um, I think it should be pretty clear. Uh, At this point, obviously, we're looking at um, other talent. So, it's noted that while he was not told the real reason, uh, they were obvious. Uh, He was simply told that the company wanted to try out new talent. And Hardy will be continued to pay to the first week of July, which at which point he would be free to work for TNA if he so chooses. Uh, it's also noted that a Hardy Boys reunion on independent shows would be a short-term big draw, but Jeff Hardy has actually been turning down all independent offers and has no interest in wrestling, much behind b- b- beyond his infrequent TNA TV commitments. Um, so, you just never know. Uh, And he does say that due to the nature of how this uh, has gone down, it's expected that Matt would debut with a lot of momentum should he go to TNA. So there's a chance, Bob, that after July, we could see Matt Hardy join his brother here in TNA in
2: 2005. Um, Do you want that to happen?
0: I don't think Matt Hardy wants that to happen. Yeah, right. so just for context here, and I'm, I'm assuming you're also going to be mentioning
1: another release that occurred. I was about to mention the other one, yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want me to say that and then you can give full context? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well,. Uh, Rhino was officially released on his 90-day cycle on April 8th due to the incident noted last week about the WrestleMania party. I don't know what this is because I didn't read last week's about Rhino's incident at the party. But it is possible, if not likely, that he 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 would be brought back for the ECW pay-per-view show. We're going to be talking a lot about that show. Um, I think next week we have a lot, much more to talk about, by the way. Oh, that's one night stand for those who aren't sure. Um, is people who would... Appear on these shows won't be WWE guys, anyways. Um, he would also be unable to work for TNA until July. Uh, he can still use his name, but would have to go by Rhino with an I, which is the spelling he used in ECW, which was never trademarked uh, by WWE. Uh, there is a caveat in all this, depending on what uh, John Laurinaitis told them for the plans for them possibly being used again. Um, it also says here that when like Jamie Noble and Rikishi were fired. They were told that as long as they didn't work for TNA, that they would probably be brought back. Uh, so both have not gone to TNA. Now, Billy Gunn, as an example, was told no such thing. So he did go to TNA. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. Uh, the The Rhino situation, I believe, was a drunken fight with his wife or ex-wife. and oh. uh, He threw, like, a lampshade or something like that, and it broke. Oh, my gosh. Well, I've never true. heard that. Yeah, that led to his termination. Uh, the Matt Hardy termination is a little bit more... Um, Interesting, I guess you could say. Uh, so, as you know, on April 11th, he was released. And it was because of his conduct on social media, because he found out that his girlfriend, Lita, was having a real-life affair with his best friend, Edge.
1: I thought that that's what it was about.
0: Now, Hardy had been out with a knee injury.
1: Um, oh, so, fun, fun story, real quick. Side note. That yeah. knee injury, I met Matt Hardy when I was a small child during this time because he had the knee brace on from the knee injury when he had surgery. Right. And I just I I always remember that because as a kid this happened right after um like Kane choke slammed him off the stage at the wedding. Yeah. And then he was out. And I remember being a kid and seeing it and being like, "Oh my god, he actually like he got injured and like they That's why he's been on. Like, and I remember that so vividly, seeing the brace and everything. Crazy. So.
0: Now, uh, so with this, you know, public, uh, well, this real-life affair becoming public, uh, the crowd became heavily behind Matt. uh, And there'd be various chances of you screwed Matt, we want Matt, and all these things. Uh, Eventually, the WWE had to pivot to Edge and Lita being, um, an on-air couple and this is like around the time where like Kane had like kidnapped her in like 2004 and like may have impregnated her against her will yeah, and yeah. carrying her carrying his demon son uh so it was really weird this whole thing uh because eventually here Kane turns face out of all this um <laughs>
3: Like Edge and Lita are the
0: heels And that's the new feud or whatever So yeah at this time Matt Hardy has Arguably became One of the hottest free agents uh, In wrestling Because of his girlfriend cheating on him Uh, I remember there being a You know the online show Bite this And I believe If I'm remembering correctly Lita was on it With Todd Grisham
1: Oh, I know what, I know exactly what segment you're talking about.
0: And, Ma- and Matt Hardy called in. <laughs> and it yeah. led to them, like, having a disagreement. And I remember I was at my living room table stealing the internet from the local school. And I was watching the Bite This segment. And I was like, holy shit, I cannot believe that this is happening. And it was very compelling. Very compelling stuff. So... I'm sure that as the months go on, we will continue to keep track of what Matt Hardy is doing, and we'll continue to perhaps share our uh, memories of that time.
1: Yeah, I I would assume that there's going to be constant uh, rumor talk about this, so um, I, it's not going to surprise me if we hear much more about it. Uh, I, but yeah, this is a very vivid um, time period in wrestling for me.
0: Yeah, and the only reason the reason why I say like I don't think Matt Hardy would want at this time to go to TNA and be with Jeff because let's just face it for the majority of his career, Matt had been second fiddle to Jeff Hardy. You know I mean? Jeff Hardy, the Hardy boys come out or if it's like a singles match and you hear that music and you're going nuts and then it's just Matt Hardy. I don't mean to be rude, but the crowd would go flat. It'd be like the heart foundation. You hear that music and you think it's going to be Brett. But it's Jim Knightheart And you're like, oh fuck. Yeah. Now here's the thing, and Matt Hardy's not even bad. He's not no. a bad wrestler. You know, he's he's good. But when you have a guy like Jeff Hardy flying off of ladders and jumping off the top of cages through tables and whatever, the fan interest is going to be in the daredevil more so than Matt Hardy. So if Matt Hardy is at at a level of interest that he's never been at on his own, and like Mattitude was great. Don't get me wrong, version 2.0, 1.0, all that stuff, Matt Fax. That was pretty good stuff. But at this point in time, there was a level of trajectory where Mal Hardy could have reached a level that he had not been at before. And do you want to go to a company where the guy that you were behind is at and you want yeah. to go? It's like it'd be like taking a step backwards.
1: Yeah. No, that's a re- that's a really good way to look at it, though.
0: So I think him maybe not going to TNA and maybe focusing on maybe doing the indie dates that Jeff Hardy wouldn't want to do. You
1: know? Cause either way I mean, you still have a Hardy name on your card. Even if Jeff don't yeah. want to do it, it's still, still be good.
0: Yeah. I think, I think it would be smart for him to not, um, to not go to TNA, but not, you know, I never even really thought of like the Hardy boys reunion thing on the indies in 2005.
1: Yeah. That's kind of a crazy
0: thought. That would be that is kind of nuts because you look at a company like Ring of Honor, and Jeff Hardy worked there one time in two thousand three and he got shat on. I mean the crowd freaking hated him. They did not want him there. That's so crazy to me. He was the wrong audience. Um but like Yeah, the Briscoe brothers. Although I don't think they're in Ring of Honor in two thousand five. But regardless. regardless. The Hardy Boys against the Briscoe brothers in two thousand five in ring of honor or like the Hardy boys against Roderick strong in Austin Aries,
3: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, cabana and punk against the Hardy boys. I mean, there are some matches there. Yeah. That probably would have given them gave like ring of honor as an example, the biggest crowds that they ever would have had just off that one match. Right. So that's an interesting thing to kind of, to think about.
1: Yeah. I'm hoping, Hey, if there's some Hardy boy reunion stuff, uh, we'll at least be hearing about it from Jeff end for a while here. So um, we'll see. I mean, I'm, it'd be kind of fun if we start seeing some stuff pop up.
0: Their, their real Ring of Honor run is like, what, 2017 or something like
2: that? Yeah, something like that.
0: It's not even that long, which sucks. No, no, it's disappointing.
1: Um, well, the great news of all these people um, potentially coming in, or rumors of so, we also have. Some that are finished up with the company. And Bob, I'm not sad even a little bit. So, it's noted that even but so I don't know if we do this already or not, but it it might have we might have missed it or it's just you know a given here. But besides uh, Phi Delta Slam being done, so there's one for you. They're done. Um, it appears that so are the Harris twins as a TV yeah. tag team. Uh, Don Harris. Now he he still works backstage anyways, and he was there. But Ron was not at the last taping at all. So, spoiler alert, we will not be seeing Ron these next two shows.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. I'm not complaining about that.
1: No, I'm not sad at all about this. Uh, I just think it's kind of funny that they had to bring in these teams to, like, do the stuff. Then they wrestled, like, a couple weeks after, or, like, what, one or two weeks after the pay-per-view. And then they're like, meh, we're down.
0: Well, that sucks for Trinity and uh, Tracy. Now they don't have a
1: team to manage. I know that is a good point at least at least for I would say at least Trinity's because like her being like on screen um, in near the ring. It's kind of worth it. She thrives because she can do like yeah. her crazy moonsault and you know, all that kind of stuff. But
0: and her Karana,
1: Yeah. Yeah. You get it. I had scissors. Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, all her good shit. Um, I got two more notes here for you about it. One more is a longer one about Dusty Rhodes. But first, uh. Jeff Jarrett did actually have another discussion with Spike TV just after uh, Meltzer's deadline this week. So clearly negotiations aren't dead from the Spike standpoint, even though those, uh, I'm assuming close to the situation, still pegged it as a long shot. Uh, He was trying to sell them on the idea of going head-to-head on Monday night, which Spike has been negative toward. Uh, He was also likely trying to sell them on the idea that having UFC with a pro wrestling product together – Will help both products ratings with one providing a good lead in for the other. Um, and he kind of Dave ends up comparing this with ECW um, on TNN uh, with Roller Jam. Kind of a weird comparison, but safe. there's no way that you he can tries. That's why I'm skipping that. Um, so Dave does say, though, that whether B-level wrestling and UFC will have a crossover of mainstream wrestling and uh, will have the crossover of mainstream wrestling and UFC is not certain. But the UFC rating on a Saturday, at least if you look at it logically, should have strengthened TNA's prospects if, in fact, they have any serious prospects to begin with. So we will see uh, what happens with that moving forward. We will be hearing so much more about Spike TV. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, well, so so about Spike TV, that's comical about the comparison of ECW and Roller Jam because, like... Roller Jam's not even on the same level of UFC in any capacity. Well, so he said,
1: so it looks like no, I don't know which order Jarrett's trying to propose for UFC to lead into TNA or TNA to lead into UFC. It doesn't matter. I
0: believe that ECW led in to roller jam.
1: That's what I was going to say. Yes. Um, and it is even noted that for the failing roller jam, so they try to use ECW to try to boost roller yes. jam. Yeah. Um, you can compare this to even. Um, today, even Tony Khan just tweeted, oh, thanks for watching Big Bang Theory, because the Big Bang Theory lead-in is huge for AEW. Right. On TBS, because, like, apparently people love the Big Bang Theory reruns. I don't know. I, they do, I mean,
0: they do a great number, yeah. So,
1: so that lead-in is, is great for them. Um, so it's something that it's something i do it's i you know it makes you wonder though did like chrisley knows best really be a really good lead-in for raw or or is that after? well is
0: it that that was after i think their (laughs) lead-in is usually like law and order isn't it uh
1: yeah law and order um there's a time what was the other show that there was monk
0: might have been one too yeah
1: dude fucking monk I don't. I try to literally turn shit on right at that time, so I don't got to deal with the end part of other shows. Right. That's I do the same thing.
0: But now here's my here's my next question. These negotiations with Jared and Spike TV. So mm-hmm. you're at a point right now where you are paying money to Fox Sports Net to right. have them on their show. Now Jared right. is looking for a deal. I'm assuming where the network would be paying them to create content. Right. Right. So if I'm Spike TV, and I know this, and TNA is probably going to be desperate for uh, a slot. I don't know how much much production costs. Let's just say overall production is like 200 grand. Okay. Right. If I am Spike TV, am I just going to say, hey, man, we'll offer you 200 grand a week. Cover the production costs. That's it. For the first year And if everything good, goes good And then, then we'll double it Or whatever
1: Still a better deal than they got now then.
0: That's what I'm saying That's what I'm saying And then for like ad rates or whatever I know usually it, you know commercials are weird Where it's like in a show You get 15 minutes of commercials And usually it's like Oh the network will get 10 And you guys get 5 In terms right. of like how to get your Your money you know, so you know, you you do something like that. It would be lunacy to not take a deal like that, right? Yeah, I think so. Even if they were like, "Here's a hundred grand,"
1: like, you have <laughs> to take... You're still getting more than what you were getting,
0: <laughs> right? Like, so I don't know where like Jarrett would have any kind of you know leverage in negotiations. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, because Spike TV doesn't need. To, you know, sure they're losing RAW, or whatever they don't, or they
1: they've lost RAW, or no?
0: Do they well, I have think, they lost RAW yet?
1: Um, I think they're either about to, or they're. Or they they're lose Raw. it in September. Okay, so they're they're just, sure it's September because like October
0: first, I think, is when they're back on
1: USA. But it sounds like that it was kind of their choice to lose RAW.
0: Didn't RAW take like less money from USA Network?
1: Well, that I that I'm not sure about. We'd have to look into that more. But I feel like in the past when we were talking about this, like ramping up that it sounded like Spike was like, we don't want wrestling anymore. So we're like, we're not going to resign with WWE. Right. Or like offer them another deal.
0: Right. Which, I mean, if it's, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year, I could see why you would maybe not do that. But if you could get impact for. Significantly. 20, $25 million a year. The new and, up and coming, thing. right? And then you know, d- depending on the time frame, you know, if they were to have a, a late night, you know, I'm assuming like a velocity type of hour, mm-hmm. and you can pull a velocity type ratings, that's a win because your product, you know, velocity production cost, you know, I mean, even though SmackDown, and all that's together, but regardless, right. I mean, it's still, I would imagine, sub- substantially less, and it's not live. Like Raw was, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it wouldn't be live. So I don't know. I mean, I feel like I, I feel like I would do that if I if I lost Raw, I'd be like, oh hey, well here's TNA. I would right. even look at Ring of Honor and be like, hey, what are you guys up to?
1: I mean, for real though,
0: you know, let's do Why like a, a late night deal. Like we can. Oh, you're using some TNA guys. Okay, well let's see what we can do here. I don't know. That's just how I would do it. I would, no, t- I would take risks I agree. in network television because you know what shows that you don't think would be a hit. You take that chance. Like with the office after season one became, it was a fucking mega hit. You know, Steve Carell became a huge star off the four year virgin. If you just wait, you give something time mm-hmm. and then it works out.
1: Exactly. I agree. Well, we'll see what happens. I, the spike stuff is super fun to me. Uh, When we first heard it pop up, I was very excited, and it seems like we are going to continue to hear more about it as we keep moving forward. One final note here, Bob, before we get started. Uh, And then, like I said, we do have some stuff to talk about um, during the show, including um, some people potentially being brought back and some other people that are going to be scheduled to be at lockdown. So we will have some fun stuff to talk about then, but first... It's more about Dusty. Uh, We're going to be talking a lot about Dusty these next two weeks, but uh, with the pressure on Dusty in a big way, the major locker room talk was, who would be the replacement if something happens to him? I don't know. It's a very good question. The thing people
0: don't realize— Bro, 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 (laughs) bro, bro. I'm retired, bro.
1: Don't get too excited. (laughs) Yet. Um, The thing that people don't realize is this thing was close to being shut down, and Dusty was charmed— Dusty had charmed the Carters into saying that he would need six months to get the ship back on track, which bought them some time. Now, Jerry Jarrett was fully behind Dusty and the one behind him uh, getting booking power. Uh, The belief is that Jerry felt Dusty had experience in booking. Uh, Plus, Jerry would be getting his ideas in without workload and heat of being Booker. That ended up happening, or sorry, what ended up happening was Dusty started believing it was 1985 and that he was the Spielberg of bookers and didn't want to listen to anyone which ru- ru- which rubbed everyone the wrong way. Jerry turned against him in recent weeks with the last pay-per-view and the Monty Brown versus Triton deal, particularly now with Triton not even being pushed after all that build up and no way out. Uh being the sign that uh to everyone that Dusty had no long-term planning. I kind of find it funny that um the Triton deal is kind of what's kind of really fucking killing this right now. But um, Rhodes was said to have a very different, uh, said to be very different at TV this week, humbled and even asking wrestlers for suggestions, which he never did before. Uh, because of that, the locker room talk was who would be the next booker. Now, the feeling is Jerry didn't want the workload or heat, and Jeff has been functioning better without the pressures of and heat from the job. So the conclusion was that Dutch Mantel would be the favorite. And since he's tight with Jarrett's and has been second-guessing Rhodes from the start, kind of just might fall into place. Now, Mantel isn't popular either due to the last run, with the feeling that Rhodes, that like Rhodes, he doesn't believe in smaller guys. Um, the company's most successful pay-per-view was two months back, and the argument is, was it Jarrett versus Nash, the marquee names, who drew it, or was it the Iron Man match? Given so many of the buys came after the fact, one would have to conclude it was the Iron Man match. And that goes against everything anyone who is booked or was around in the 80s would have learned. But it's not the 80s, which is key. Uh, Kevin Nash, as funny as this sounds, given his WCW track record, is very popular with the guys as far as booking uh, because of his interview comments that he said recently. uh, Which I think we talked about in the last episode. Yeah, so, about
0: the five grand or whatever.
1: And, yeah, and, yeah, that and um, kind of trash talking, dusty. So,
0: yeah, I'll tell you right now. In two thousand five, when I was watching these shows, um, just to give maybe context and an idea here, that Iron Man match was definitely the match of interest, not Jared and Nash. And that's two thousand five, Bob talking. Not in hindsight, Bob. I remember. Um, definitely being more interested in 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 what was gonna happen in the i m a match than Jared and Nash right yeah it's, i uh... don't know i don't know realistically if these marquee names in t n a are really draws at all. It's just like a nostalgia trip. I do think your draws are a j Styles and Abyss to an extent. You know, I, I really AMW. I, I really think those are the guys that are gonna be bringing in your your audience.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um next week we have we have some really good I don't want to tease too much oh yes I do. I do want to tease. Um there's some crazy interviews next week. There's an interview there's an interview with Dusty Rhodes. And uh, it's it's some really good stuff. Dusty Roads. There's um another Kid Cash one. Uh, I mean, guys, I'm telling you, next week's episode we are loaded with good information. Thank it's, God
0: we- Skype didn't exist uh, in 2005 because Kid Cash would have been all over the internet with the videos of just trashing uh, TNA and anybody else that would listen.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's going to be a good one uh, to take us home right before lockdown. So I'm definitely excited to get to next week's episode.
3: I'm terrific.
1: Um, yeah, you should be. Uh, that is all I got here uh, to kick us off. Um, I got three things we'll talk about during the show, and that's it. So uh, Before we get into the
0: show, I uh, I told Dallas the other day, hey, check out our, our Apple podcast uh, reviews. And so, I want to make sure that I'm going to say this correctly. So, I went over there. And, you know, number one, unfortunately, we only have a couple of, like, written ones. Which is like, come on, guys. Like, help us out. You know, we've been doing this forever.
1: Please. Yeah. yeah, Just leave us a review. Um, I mean, if I start making an OnlyFans, I will.
0: I'll do it. I'll I'll do an OnlyFans. Okay? If you guys... If I need to start, you know, sacrificing my my morals to get some reviews on on this podcast. But um, we have a comment here from Mr. Tim Welch, 17 that is his username. And uh, he's told us, you know, he, he enjoys the fact that we're covering all these shows that seem lost at the time. And he worked for TNA during this time as an assistant to the creative team. And to dusty roads mostly. He would love to chat sometime, and thanks for coming to the show. as well, Tim, if you're still listening, we would love to talk to you, but we don't know how to get in contact with you, Tim.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. So no idea.
0: We we try to look up a way, like, hey, Tim Welch. We you know searched it, but unfortunately, there's more than one Tim Welch, I guess. So, Tim, yeah. if you want to 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 chat. More than welcome. You can hit us up on Twitter. DMs are open, brother. All
1: right. that's at Cross the Line TNA. Or you know what? Even if you want to, you can send us an email: TNA Cross the Line Pod at gmail.com There you
0: go. And that's only for Tim
1: Welch. It's only for Tim.
0: Nobody else message us. The so rest of you to talk anything. to
1: us on Twitter. We are very responsive. Yes. Also, leave a review. Please leave a review wherever we you listen. Only like to your-
0: you know, kind ones.
1: Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, it, was, it was pretty cool. Um, yeah, so I'm glad that Bob uh, mentioned that. I was going to at some point, but I had my mind on the interviews next week, and I forgot. Yeah, well, that's what I'm here for. That's what Bob's here for.
0: All right, um, all right. let's get into it then, guys. The April 15th, 2005 impact. Universal Studios Orlando Florida. I can't wait for this lackluster opening music that's just going to make me want to ball leap. The runtime <sighs> for this is approximately 44 minutes and 22 seconds. If you want to watch along head over to the impact plus app where you find it in your own personal collection. So let's get ready to cross the line. Three two one play.
2: This is TNA. Is it the new face? Is it? There we go. Jared talking about lethal lockdown. Sunday, April 24th.
1: Two weeks, guys. Just nine days away. It's pretty crazy. And yes, of course, our uh, episodes do drop 18 years to the date. So it'll drop Monday, April 24th, for everyone to listen to that.
0: Yeah, also does it bother you that it's not 20 day 20 years to the date?
1: So yeah, but that means we would have waited two more years to do that to do this podcast. Um yeah. I'll take that it's an even number.
0: I was just gonna say, at least it's an even number. It's not like, like
1: it's not like 17 years. 17 years. Like who gives a fuck about that? No one. I do what I do like about it is that since we are Pretty much, are we, are we at or pat? We're past 20 years now, right? Yes, we're past 20 years. I think last year was 20 years. For what? Or is it this year? For the beginning of TNA. Is it this year? What year did it start? 2002. June 2002. So June
0: 2022.
1: Yeah, so we're past it. Yeah, anyway. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Um, I like that.
0: You didn't since, even know the year in which TNA started, guys. No, TNA I just...
1: Anyway, we're diehard. Diehard. I did know that. Okay. Uh, I like that. Since we were before that, we covered everything, and then people are sharing shit, and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, like, remember that? So I'm seeing more posts about the old stuff, be since right. it was the 20 year, whereas we already kind of covered it. And
0: well, and I feel like when it. I feel like when 20 years hits, it's like that's when people like to do stuff. Yeah. About it, you know, like retrospectives or whatever. Right.
1: And here comes Michael Shane. That's
2: right. Michael Shane. It's a wrestler's and fan's dream come true. Because we have eight matches. Is that?
0: Yeah, you never had uh, a pay-per-view with eight matches on? It?
1: No. The X-Division Escape match. Here is Kid Cash coming out with Lance White.
0: Um... Let's get into some indie notes here. Um, Lance Lance Hoy, also known as Shadow, defeated Brett Anthony to retain the PCW Heavyweight title at PCW's Full Throttle on April 9th. Oh, and guess what? Here's Chris Saban. He's got two things here. The the first one on April 9th for uh, International Wrestling Cartel, Night of Legends 2. This is an interesting match, and I don't know if we've ever seen this in TNA. We probably have. I just don't remember. Three-way dance. Christopher Daniels defeats AJ Styles and Chris Sabin in 16 minutes and 41 seconds. Wow. That's probably a really good match.
1: Okay, oh yeah, so the last <laughs> person in the cage is the loser.
0: You might to take a guess on what the main event for that. IWC Night of Legends 2 show is?
1: It's probably something so ridiculous. Well, it's Night of Legends, so that's, that's why. A rough idea. Oh, so this is a six man match. Okay, so it's Cash, Hoy, and Michael Shane against Siaki, Apollo, and Chris Sabin. Sabin seems like he's just lost in the shuffle if he's just doing
0: this match. Uh, do you want to take a guess on that main event or no?
1: I don't even know if I can. Um, totally Blanchard. And Larry Zbysko.
0: No. If it was further south, maybe. But this is in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Uh, the main event saw Sergeant Slaughter oh, def- defeat the Honky Tonk Man.
1: Oh, my God. That had to have been brutal in 2005. I'm pretty
0: sure it's on YouTube. But maybe I'll check it out sometime. Uh, Sonny Siaki has a rare indie appearance That's at least documented by Cage Match On April 15th, which is the same day as the show So I guess essentially later this night Since this, it was at 4pm or whatever 3pm uh, Sonny Siaki won a suicidal six-way And he oh, defeated wow. Azriel, Dan Barry Deranged, Rim Reefer, and Jay Lethal What the fuck? And that was for UXW Elements of Extreme show in UXW would uh, be known as USA Pro.
1: Wow. Right We're getting the scroll at the bottom of the screen for the matches that are taking place at lockdown. We saw the lethal lockdown. This is the Styles versus Abyss. As Michael Shane runs out of the ring. Oh, look at the bottom. America's Most Wanted versus Team Canada for the tag team titles. That's official. That's official. Daniels and Skipper. The Lance Hoy is like, why did you get out of the ring? He just jumped down. Oh, okay, this is the one I wasn't sure. The Prince of Darkness death match, Dustin oh. Rhodes versus Bobby Roode. I thought we might have seen that scroll before. There's the tables match, Hardy and Raven. Apollo vs. Lance Hoyt and the X-Division escape match, Shocker, Kid Cash, Chris Sabin, and Michael Shane. And join us 30 minutes prior to lockdown, or not us, because we can't fucking find any of this shit, for our free warm-up show on your pay-per-view preview channel. 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 p.m. Pacific. It features matches and interviews. Saban Tags and Sonny Siaki. Now, uh, it's a little old news once we get to uh, releasing this episode, but Chris Saban and Alex Shelley just re-signed with Impact Wrestling. Again, it's pretty awesome. They're one of the things that keeps me watching because some of the things they've been doing recently are questionable as fuck. <sighs> Yeah, how are you going to how? OK, as this match is kind of getting a slow start here. Cash is going Oh, He's tagging to Michael Shannon again. How are you going to do a serious sit down interview with Mickey James? who just got injured. She broke a rib and has to potentially vacate the title. And you have Santino Morella. Being the one who's like, oh, I have to use my mind here and have an imagination about what I'm going to do. And it's just like. Like, well, what are what? we? What are we doing? His imagination for what? About how he's got to think about what, what he's going to do to book the. Because he's the DOA. Oh. Uh. It's not. It's so fucking stupid. And then, listen, I'm fine. Bully Ray being back, fine. I'm fine with that, right? Bully Ray fucking Tommy Dreamer in a busted, the first ever busted open match. They come out to the ring, right? First off. So it's
0: essentially a first blood match, right?
1: <laughs> yes, Bob. And the funny thing about this is they go, I don't, or is it, was it Bully Ray? And one of them goes, I don't even know what a busted open match is. I think it was Bully Ray. And, um, of course they have the radio show as Lance White hits a huge side slam on Sonny Siaki, He goes for the cover. Uh, that was a one. Uh, <laughs> but then they introduce him coming out of the ring and Dave Penzer. What the fuck is Lance Hoyt doing?
0: I'm going to talk
1: Holy to shit. I did not know Lance White could do a moonsaw off the top like that.
0: Hasn't he done one as Lance Archer? He almost like killed himself. Then he almost broke his neck.
1: Oh, wait. Yeah, he did. In AEW. Yeah, well, that one was better. Yeah. Um, And they introduced it, and it's like, this is a busted open match, and in order to win, you must bust your opponent open. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Kid Cash gets hot uh, tagged with Apollo here. Apollo cleaning house.
2: Oh, oh, shit. Saban clotheslines Michael Shane out of the ring. Spinebuster on cash by Apollo. White breaks that one up, though. I can't
0: believe this match has been going on for eight minutes.
1: Uh, yeah, is that real? Did they trim the time on us?
0: Well, when they went to commercial, they cut, like, I think, three minutes off of it.
1: Kind of feels like it.
2: Okay, Apollo hitting Lance Hoyt from uh, Superplex and Kid Cash, and I was got a power bomb, and then nice frog splash by Kid Cash. Wow, <laughs> I don't think I was expecting that. Oh.
1: Impressive way to kick off impact. Michael Shane, Kid Cash, and Lance Hoy- Big Lance Hoyt, as Mike today calls him. I'd like to point out that this is before his interview that we'll talk about next week.
0: Yeah, that's probably important.
2: I'm, that, pretty, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> okay, we're over at Mike today. Don West at the table.
0: They're so excited about every match inside of a cage.
2: Every match. You know, it has to be. Oh, lawyer daggered. Isn't that Tim Welch? Is that? I don't know, but Chris Candido's in a wheelchair. Yeah, what the heck? Oh, because Kevin Nash assaulted him. Yeah, this is Jared's lawyer. Candido, he cannot eat. He can't walk. He's got a neck brace on. Kevin, if you walk around here, like you own the place. I want Kevin Nash to walk out and then
0: Candido run out of the wheelchair. (laughs) We got two security guys. So, if Nash comes out here, he is going to be arrested immediately.
2: Candido's crying. <laughs> Lawyer Daggett.
0: I don't know. I don't know if that's actually too much. It could be. I got it.
1: Well, the thing is, like, the name sounds so familiar to me, but. What?
0: Trinity is with Michael Chang.
1: He's talking about beating um, Christopher Daniels. Now, look what's in her hand there, Bob.
2: She's got Uh, Dusty Rhodes'
1: book. Cheap play. Yeah. Yeah, So, Tracy goes, you're supposed to be handing out the Dreams book. It comes out today. No, you got my wheels. It's funny.
0: I'm looking at my bookcase. I can see the Dusty book right on it. Is that the one? I'm pretty sure it's the same one.
2: Give me the book. Yeah, I'm going I'm to grab it real quick and see if it's. You know what? Have it. Oh, they're fighting again, dude. She's like, give me the book. Give me the book. It's called Reflections <clears throat> of an American Dream. George Steinbrainer wrote the foreword. Here's Petey Williams with A1 and Scott DeMore. The Real Life Crew coming out next. BG James, Ron, the Truth Killings. Oh, no Conan, but they said he's in the building. Okay, that's pretty interesting. But every time uh, Don West says he saw him, he was by himself. Y'all gonna make us lose our mind. He's doing his normal
1: thing and Team Canada attack him from behind. I think this is our I don't know if A1 is fought before in as
2: Alistair Ralph's. He's been here, but I don't know if I've seen him in with Team Canada. All around Killings launches himself off the back of BG James. They little arm wave and then they punch Petey Williams.
0: Speaking of Pete Williams. I have indie notes on Mr. Petey Williams.
1: Do you really?
0: Yeah. And guess what? What? Petey Williams won the ECWA Super 8 tournament. Did he really? On April 9th. Wow. Uh, The first round, Petey Williams defeated Rory Fox. The semifinals, he defeated Alex Shelley in 19 minutes and 4 seconds. And in the finals, he defeated Puma. Wow, Puma. So congratulations to Petey Williams. Now, I have Dusty's book here, and I was thinking, oh, maybe it will be something about um, TNA. But of course, there's not going to be anything in TNA, because obviously he wrote it while in TNA.
1: Right. I didn't didn't think of that
0: until I sat back down.
1: I also just made a lie up while you were gone. Um, I wasn't sure if we saw A1 here. Or Al Ralphs, as they're calling him as well. Yeah, we've seen him before. No, we've seen him, but I do not know if we saw him, like, wrestle in Team Canada yet, but we did at Destination X.
0: Yeah, that's right there.
1: I forgot about that. But this is his only wrestling appearance since Destination X. Did Did Dusty write another book? I don't know.
2: I don't have any Dusty books. Because I would love to know what he was saying about.
1: Uh, um, Bob, you are um, you're correct, by the way. It took right. me a minute. That is Tim Welch. And that is exactly why that name sounded so familiar. I knew it. Because we've I been hearing it. that name for like years. Because he was the ring announcer. The ring these... announcer. Yeah. Oh, shit. Look at the more his muscles. Oh, he's pushing it up on the back, I think.
0: Well, hi, Tim. We, we knew who you were this whole time. I knew it.
1: I freaking knew it sounded familiar, dude.
0: <laughs> so you know what that means? He's had to have been there through most of the asylum stuff. Yeah. That'd be fun. To hear Tim, about. hit
1: us up. Email us. Find us on Twitter. We're on Facebook, too. Whatever works for you, man. We're
0: not killing in the
1: tree of... whoa. Uh, speaking of Demore, uh, did you see once again? This is yeah you know, a few weeks before this episode comes out. Um, that sacrifice, Scott Demore came back, and he hit a Canadian destroyer. <laughs> yeah, I did see that. <laughs> Which I'd be more mad at if he wasn't the one who like managed PD Williams and like is like the Team Canada guy. The
0: the end game has to well no count to the destroyer there. It has to be a. Uh... Demore Bully Ray match, right? I mean, that's gotta be.
1: Yeah, and with all due respect, we saw how the Demore Jerry Lynn match went.
0: Okay, that was, you know, 2004.
1: But Again. we knew how
2: it
0: went. Yeah, so? Listen, Scott Demore had some pretty good matches in the WWF, you know, losing to Razor Ramon in two and a half minutes. Okay. It's true. Oh. I'm pretty sure he lost to Fatu one time.
1: Did um, never mind. I'm not even gonna go there. Uh, what? B.G. James what? No, it, is taking out Team Canada here. Look at these punches! Hey. Left, left, down. left. Oh, oh, he's dancing. Oh, shake, rattle, and roll. Boom. Down. I couldn't. What? I couldn't no, think of his. I couldn't think of his name. I was gonna say uh, the the one guy, the two C.W. guy, have good matches too. Like losing to Yokozuna or whatever. Oh, Steve King. Yeah. English Steve.
2: Yeah. Oh.
1: Uh, high kick, kind of like a heart attack combo. Oh, shit. I thought BD Williams was going to break that one up, and he I thought he not. was
0: supposed to, and he didn't get there then.
1: Uh, Bob, you also kind of missed it, but they were talking about the fact that Conan was not ringside, but he is in the building, and Tanae is like couldn't believe that Conan was not out here with these guys.
0: Well, because he's upset with BG James. Exactly. Right? Yeah, so why would he be that? Why would he be out there?
1: I don't know. Every match inside the cage.
0: Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, but eight.
1: That's right. Um, Speaking of lockdown, Bob, uh, it's noted here that Vampiro and Antonio Pena are scheduled to come in at lockdown. But it's actually Vampiro and Antonio Pena. um, As we see Elix Skipper at the announce table and wow, there's Dusty Rhodes' book again. Um, but this is just for a business meeting, Bob, so don't get too excited. Okay. Uh, Peña is trying to work things out with the Jarretts um, after flying them in and not, uh, not talking with them at all. Uh, Vampiro and Peña are, are going to Puerto Rico on April 23rd. The goal is to put together a Spanish-language TV project for both North America and Mexico, which would use IWA, TNA, and AAA talent. And here comes Mikey Bats. He doesn't like Harry Potter. He says no he, no.
0: he is definitely not getting that Harry Potter's game on the PS5.
1: Ah, this is why primetime is ringside because we have the X Division champion Christopher Daniels coming out to face Mikey Bats. Well, guess what? Because for Daniels, says Andy Note. Well, Z- I already mentioned
0: the three way that he won. But on the next day, April 10th, for NEPW in Painesville, Ohio. April assault. Christopher Daniels defeated John McChesney.
2: Wow! Wow! Wow!
0: That show also featured Marty Janetti. Oh, okay. And and Doink, but not the original Doink. Oh, Jimmy Olsen's on that show. Is he really? Yeah. Like the Jimmy, the Jimmy Olsen. Yeah, the Jimmy Olsen. And then the main event of that show is the April Fool's match between, between a guy named between a guy named Dick Trimmins and Rob <laughs> the Bod. Get out of here.
2: Rob uh, the Bod. Yeah. Well, oh, Dick Trimmins was trained by Al Snow. I like Dick Trimmins. That's incredible.
0: Oh, good for him, I guess.
1: Yeah. Um, this is probably the best time to bring this up, but um, someone talked about being brought back in because Dusty's being told that he needs to uh, bring in more guys and push the X division better. Um, they're looking at bringing Sanjay Dutt back. We haven't seen him in quite some time, unfortunately. I thought we just saw him, like, the other week.
2: Well, they're going to bring him back. Maybe it's more of a permanent
0: fixture. How long has he even been gone for? Let me look this up. I, sw- I feel like we just watched. Now, I watch a lot of wrestling on my own, so I, this could be a confusing confusion thing for me. But I could have sworn... That he had just returned. I mean, I'm probably wrong,
2: but.
3: Come on, stupid thing.
1: Uh... It looked like Daniels wanted to get it like a dragon sleeper in right there and then said, ah, fuck it.
2: The fallen angel, Mr. Daniels.
0: Okay, so I guess the last time we saw Sanjay was at, uh, was at Final Resolution.
1: That's insane, dude.
0: So, three miles. I It feels like we saw, just saw him. That's weird. Well, I like Sanjay Dutt, so him coming back potentially, I'm fine with it. Mm hmm.
1: Oh, Skipper's trying to say he's taught Daniels half the tricks he knows.
0: That's funny. Um, Skipper really only started getting exposure in wrestling in like the year 2000, and Christopher Daniels has
1: been wrestling forever. So you Since would think 99. That... No, Daniels. When did Daniels start wrestling? Look it up. <sighs> me Look do it up. The hard work. You made me do all the hard work today. Okay, I'll click his name. I have the. I got it.
0: I'm right here. I'm right here. No, his first year of exposure, I'll have you know, is 1993. So shut up. What?
1: Yeah. How old is he? He's 53. No, he's not. Yes, he is.
0: Holy shit. No. I did not
2: know he was that old.
0: He started wrestling for uh, Windy City Wrestling. In 1993.
2: So...
1: The bats beater. He caught him with the bats beater, Bob. That's not. That's not appropriate. Oh my God! Look, Skipper came in to count the cover. Mikey bats can't believe that he just pinned. He thought Skipper's not an officiate. Yeah. No. Bats, look at look at who's raising
0: your
3: hand.
1: Ready? Skipper, you can't do that. Sudden death. Sudden death. Oh no. Oh, Inseguri. Oh, see, every trick he knows. Okay, that was really funny.
2: Oh, angels wings. That's it.
0: Rudy Charles counts to three. Here's the thing though, it's funny because like Bats you could make the argument that he did just beat Christopher Daniels.
2: Because it wasn't even really a fast count. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah, primetime versus Daniels for the X title. And who's this backstage? It's Conan. Oh, he's like, hey, what's up, man? Three likes. He, seems, three, what's he going? seems pretty good. Wait. You know how we do. Easy, like Sunday morning, no shady situation. But lately, the outlaw has been trying to change that. You've been right the whole time, K Dog. He ain't up to no good. This is familiar. Now let's do the dang thing. Oh, he doesn't want to accidentally
1: get hit by a guitar, so he asks him to stay backstage. Mind Mm -hmm. killing you did hit him with the guitar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That that did happen. You know, here's an issue. I'm looking more into Christopher Daniels' um, career, and I knew that he wrestled for uh, ECW a few times, but I don't think I realized that he actually beat Super Crazy. Okay. Which is pretty weird that... He didn't really do anything. But he beat him at a house show on June 17th. 1999.
2: Still getting rowdy. Here comes Conan. It's a 3 lab crew. It's me, the B-Jizzle. Oh. If you didn't know. Oh, he's got the mic. Yo, 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 on the real O-Town.
0: Where we at? Where we at? Let me speak on this. raza. Oh,
2: oh, yeah, baby. Right?
0: Right. What's that? About? Eric Young.
1: Bob, in case you didn't know, every match is going to be inside Of the six sides of steel at lockdown, they've told us for about the 20th time tonight, and I did know that. And I also know that it's not
0: one, it's not two, not three, not four, or five, or six, or seven, but eight cage matches. Uh, Eric Young has a couple of indie notes in case you cared, which I'm sure you don't.
1: I do, I'd love to hear about the indie notes about Eric Young.
0: Uh, Back on April 1st, he wrestled Chase Stevens to a no contest for USA Championship Wrestling in Nashville, Tennessee. April 2nd, he lost to Chance Profit in a match for the NWA Bluegrass Heavyweight Championship for NWA Bluegrass in Paintsville, Kentucky. And then on April 9th, he lost to James Storm for NWA Bluegrass. And then here's an interesting thing. The same day as this show is airing, April 15th, Team Canada, which was Eric Young, Petey Williams, and Jean-Pierre Lafitte, also known as PCO, defeated Abad, Abyss, and Miguel Perez for IWA Puerto Rico's Juicy Final 2005 Night 2 in Puerto
1: Rico. We're going to be talking more about that show actually, too. I think next week I have some notes about it. Oh, great.
0: Is it because Jeff Jarrett's on it?
1: It's, I actually don't remember what the note is exactly. Um, I can look.
2: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Well, you know what? Since you're talking about it, fuck it. I'm just going to tell you. It doesn't matter. We don't have to wait till next week. Um, Jarrett and AMW worked that show. Uh, Which I'm sure we'll hear about the AMW match eventually here. It's got the more punches. I didn't see AMW on that show I just talked about. On the Puerto Rico show?
0: Yeah. Was it night two or was it?
1: Oh, that I I don't know if I know that. Um, Different nights here. Well, yes, I think you're right. Uh, It doesn't say. Uh, well, they actually did a, a deal where Jeremy Borash was the special referee for the Jarrett versus Ray Gonzalez NWA title match. And Borash ended up screwing Gonzalez over for the finish. Um, <laughs> the, the crowd tried to riot and Borash and Jarrett needed a police escort out of the city. Uh, that took some major league guts to do something like that in that town. And they deserve to get a decent rating for the footage when they air it on impact. Um, it was also noted that Rhino was down there as well. Uh, he was actually yeah. booked there before he was fired from WWE, Uh, and and it's noted that he is certain that he talked to Jarrett about coming to TNA at that show.
0: I would be surprised. These guys are trading covers. Young trying to use the ropes for leverage, but he really wasn't on top of Conan properly for that to even make sense, so Conan easily kicked out.
1: Over Conan, nice little Alabama slam. Look at that, Cell. Oh, oh shit. How do you like me now? How do you like me now?
2: Like me now. Like me oh. now. Okay, power bomb. One,
1: two,
0: three. Oh, okay, clean pin.
1: That's wab-rab. Without BG screwing things up for him, Conan K Dog gets a win.
2: Mike, check. Mike, check. Good job.
1: Oh, did you know? Lockdown. Biggest pay-per-view date. Not, not two. Oh, I thought so. He's I gonna thought he was off. going to
0: do three, four, five, six, seven.
2: So he's talking about, he's talking to AJ Styles and
1: Jeff Hardy at once, even though they're in separate matches. but...
0: Okay. What I'm about to say is, uh, Just an observation. Shane Douglas is not using steroids anymore. Okay. (laughs) Well, because you look at him, he doesn't look, because before he was, like, you know, kind of buff, I guess. He seems a lot more um, comfortable.
2: I'm not going to miss my opportunity
1: in the world. So now
0: here... Now here's my qu- look. Look, look at Shane Douglas right there. Come on, give me a break. That's that's See, me. He's looking like me right now.
1: I'm wearing a yellow shirt and everything. That's me. Yeah, pull your camera back up. <laughs> oh, Hardy says he's going to lock something down, but he's going to also take Raven out. Next week's Impact,
2: Bob. I knew it. Hardy and
1: Styles against Raven. It's it's booking 101.
0: They set that up a couple weeks ago. It's so obvious. I don't hate it. It's just obvious. It had to happen.
1: Well, we were hoping it would happen, and it's happening. Look at. Oh, Oh, shit. shit. Styles left, and then Raven came in with a chair shot or, sorry, garbage can.
0: Trash can, yeah.
1: And here comes Jeff Jarrett. Bob, I have one more note that I probably should have said earlier, but since Styles is just there, it kind of works too. Um, and that is um, Rhodes has laid out the next pay per view, and it appears that Styles and Abyss may actually be in the main event slot of the show,
0: of lockdown,
1: of lockdown instead of this legal lockdown match. Really, their um, whole
0: interaction was him walking by a pickup truck with Abyss, like intimidating Tracy and Trinity, and they brawled. That's it so yeah. far, and like a couple of brawls, you know, in,
1: in the yeah. Wait, is Jared No, he's just harassing... Or wait, is he sitting down at the announce table, or is he just harassing him? Nah, oh, no, he's sitting, sure, he's sitting down. He's sitting down. It also appears, and this is... We keep saying it. This Kid Cash, potentially teaming with Lance Hoyt against Apollo and Siaki, which takes Cash out of the four-way. We keep talking about it. It keeps looking very obvious, like that's the case. Who knows? Now, the other interesting thing is that apparently Shocker has canceled, um... And apparently he's missed the TV taping. So spoiler: we're not going to see him on this or next show. Um, but no, that's why no one's upset that he missed these this taping. Here's Kevin Ash <sighs> hiding behind what fifteen Where, security guards?
0: Where's Candido? Can, Candido better run if he's anywhere near there.
1: We heard Daggered. I like that today calls him Daggered, but his name is Daggett. Yeah. I think it's really and today says it too. He says both. It's like an insult name. Okay, so Nash is trying to get after uh, Jarrett here, but get him out of
2: here. So,
0: um, back to
2: Shane. He just spit
1: on uh, Lawyer Dagger.
0: If if we watch that hardcore homecoming show, that Douglas is probably gonna wrestle on. Do you think he wrestles in his t shirt?
1: Hmm. Okay, so seeing what you're pointing out on this show, I'm going to say yes. I
0: think he would. Now, here's the thing. I haven't watched that show in probably freaking 20 or at least 10 years, so I don't even remember. He's certainly <laughs> not looking
1: like freaking the outlaw right here. No, the outlaw is absolutely jacked, and he's wearing bright green plain trunks. A little more familiar look without um, some lips covering his, his uh, crotch and...
0: Monty Brown. I hate that he's a heel. This is driving me nuts. Uh,
3: Jared,
1: Billy this Gun- was my main man.
0: <laughs> Billy Gunn has a couple of... Uh, or the outlaw, Billy Gunn. The Gun. outlaw. He has a couple of any notes. Back on April 1st, he defeated Tracy Smothers for IWA Mid-South. And then the next night for IWA Mid-South on April 2nd, he defeated Eric Priest. And then on the same night of the show, April 15th, Billy Gunn competed for UXW Elements of Extreme, where he lost to Delo Brown. And then we'll remember D'Lo Brown was uh, one of those vignettes that never uh, arrived. Yeah, I did forget about those.
1: Yeah,
0: I did not think it was Delo Brown, but it was confirmed
1: in the newsletter, right? Yeah, it was Delo. I was convinced. I saw the head shape, and I knew. Look at just the DDP's going through the crowd. He made this guy stand up, and the guy did not do the hand signs with him.
0: DDP's oh. teaming up yeah. with
2: you hear your that? Music? Sean I, Wallman? I was really excited.
0: Say, right. Walman says Pac, though. Oh, right. six Pac, six Pac, instead of Sean Walman six. this week. The number six, not spelled out, but six. Kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Well, guess what? Sean Walman has some indie notes too.
1: Really?
0: Yeah. And it's on the same night uh, as uh, Impact is shown here on April fifteenth for Border City Wrestling in Ontario, or Old Castle, Ontario, Canada. And guess what? Shane Douglas is a special referee.
3: Scott Demore.
0: That's right. Scott Demore and Sean Waltman defeated A One and Joe Doring. Joe Doring. And that is your indie notes for this episode.
1: Wow. Uh, so we got the outlaw and Monty Brown versus DDP and Six This is a pretty uh, solid TV main event, I'd say. I would say so, yeah. Kind of a little bit of a teaser for Lethal Lockdown coming up on April 24th.
0: That's what that's that's what Mike Tenay just said.
1: Oh, that's funny. It's like as
0: if it's like as if you are Mike Tenay.
1: I am Mike Tenay, except I'm definitely not as good with knowing stuff as he is.
0: Yeah, I mean he would probably know.
1: Oh, Jesus Christ. I think Bob is more than Mike Tenet. I'm like the Don West of this podcast.
0: Well, I'm saying Mike Tenet would probably know. Shut the fuck up. What year the company
1: started. Oh, I, okay. That I'll take that insult better than what you thought you were going to say. And we you would also
3: know who Nikita cool. is.
1: <laughs> Fucking bullshit. Go for the cutter. No, Outlaw pushes out of it. Almost knocks Rudy Charles out, though. Oh, by the way, we have done zero time checks. We're at 38 minutes, 12 seconds. So we are flying through the show. This show has been flying by.
0: I would agree with that.
1: Now it is interesting to know, Bob. Look at the bottom of the screen. Never mind. I I didn't see the I, I thought they showed the AJ Abyss match first, but they showed the lethal lockdown first. So never mind.
0: Um did they promote this tag match at all during the show? I don't think they mentioned
1: it. Uh, I don't think so. Not that I not that I heard. You think
0: you would think they would be
1: like, oh, by the way, DDP is the main event tonight with Sean Waltman. With Sean. Speaking of Sean Waltman, Bob, uh, I just subscribed to Paramount Plus with Showtime uh, last night. And because there's a show on Showtime that we want to watch. And I wanted an excuse to get Paramount Plus. So we we're looking through the shows and they have the surreal life on there. Oh, yeah. And I was like, do I need to watch the Whoa. channel? Did you see was that Monty Brown just chucked him out of the ring? I don't know. I wasn't paying attention to who did. I just saw Waltman flying over the top rope. I think it was Monty Brown, but now that it's the outlaw and DDP in the ring. So we're back from commercial. I don't know.
0: I thought it was a big game, but whatever.
1: Maybe it was. It was so uh, fast. I was just looking are, at his body fly. Is it all the seasons of Surreal Life? I'd have to double check that. I'm noticing a lot of the shows, even the ones I was really excited about, are missing like a season or two. Uh, see, I, I know he's a shot at me. I can for, for example, like I was really pumped to see like all that was on there, but it's like missing the first season. Oh, it is. And, like, the Amanda show's missing, like, a season or two.
3: Yeah.
1: Like, some of my the childhood faves are, like, not all not, on that. And they don't have the
0: musical acts on there, usually. I don't care as much about that, but. Why do I have to sign into this? What the fuck?
1: Come on, dude. The Outlaw choking DDP over in the corner. Referee's back his turn. He's focused on Waltman trying to get in the ring here. <sighs> Oh, heel tag. Monty Brown chopped his own chest to tag in. That was pretty funny. I love it when the heels do the the sneak tag, and then the ref always goes, did you guys tag? And then they do the, okay. Like, he asks them to, like, confirm.
2: Well, yeah, you got to, you know, got to trust what they
0: tell you. But that only works for heels. If you ask the babyface, they will not
1: believe a babyface.
0: Yeah, ref, we did it. No, you didn't. You're liar. It's
1: like, okay. Thanks, guys. That might be one of my favorite things in wrestling.
0: That they they trust the heels
1: and all the babies. That they're like, "Oh yeah, tag." And then the heel's get in and they're like, "No, no, 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 no. I didn't see it." <laughs> Cuz it makes all the referees look like assholes when like really for the most the rest of the parts of the matches, like they are on the good guy side really. Yeah. It's a good way to boo a referee.
3: Like, oh, fuck you, Rudy Charles. <laughs> God damn
0: it! Uh, all right, what show am I looking for? Surreal Life.
1: If they have, I didn't realize they would have the Surreal Life on here. Now they also don't have as much VH1 stuff as I was hoping to. That's another thing I was a little disappointed about. But they have a decent amount of stuff. Let's see,
0: I'm gonna shit my pants. Let's see. Oh, they do. Really? One, two... Oh, wait a minute. They don't have season yeah. two. Oh, see? That's what I mean. What the hell kind of bullshit is that? Which one's season two? I don't fucking know. Hopefully not the
1: China one. No,
0: isn't that 2005?
1: Oh, yeah, because we just talked about it. <laughs> oh, huge is kick he... by uh, Sixpack.
0: Yeah, yeah, here it is, dude. Okay. Irish yeah. whip
1: could, oh, shit. He countered he appeared... the Irish whip by Outlaw, and he hit him with another kick. Sorry, Bob. This match is really heating up here with the, holy shit, pop-up drop kick by Six pop.
0: Waltman appears on the March 5th, 2005 episode, and you can see him in the, oh, X-Factor. He, uh, he's, uh, in, in the like, the, sc- the screen, the thumbnail, screen grab there with his awesome. chocolates and flowers or whatever.
1: Oh, for shit. Diamond Cutter by DDP on Monty Brown, who's not the legal man.
2: The Fame-asser.
1: 2DDP? No. Waltman is still the one who's legal here with uh, the outlaw. High kick in the corner. He fell down. He looks like he's going for the Bronco. Buster.
2: And there it is.
1: Wait. They're yelling. Uh. Jared's coming to the ring. He's got the guitar. Oh, shit. That was a stiff one. That guitar barely broke. Actually, the way that guitar broke, that kind of looks how mine looks. It's like the two back panels fell off. Oh, shit. Outlaw got the cover on well, six. been doing
0: there.
2: the job. What is going on here? And Jarrett and he's getting attacked by DDP. I wouldn't hate seeing a Walton Jarrett match. I'm telling you. You'd hate it? I wouldn't hate it. Oh, no. I think they should do that for sure. Over at the Spanish announce table. Don't you worry. That thing ain't going to break.
3: Yeah. No.
1: Uh, Bob, when this show is, when our podcast is done one day, we're going to do a, we're going to make like a pop quiz and we're going to have like fun facts that we learned. And one of them is how many times has the announcement table broke? And it's a trick because it didn't.
0: Never. Under no circumstance does it ever break. Never. Oh, they're going outside. We're outside. Oh. Where's, I bet you Candido is going to run him down with his wheelchair. Oh
1: well the yeah, outlaws yeah. out here now we're two on one against ddp oh is that for that? No leave him alone he broke free he broke free oh but no one was there. oh and they ran away all right
0: well that was, i would say that was a good episode
1: i liked it dude that was that was pretty solid was uh, it bad. flew absolutely flew by and um i think we got some exciting stuff uh, just two weeks. I would have been fine if that was even the go home for lockdown. I think. Yeah, I mean the yeah. way it ended and stuff. But we got one more episode, guys.
0: Yeah, uh, and here's cool. the thing. And I don't, I don't hate that. Um, that uh, fucking what the hell's wrong? i talking about. Oh, that uh, Waltman and Paige lost because you know what? The heels going into a lethal lockdown or a war games, whatever the case. They usually have to get the momentum because unless it's the NWO, usually the heels lose uh, a war games or a lethal lockdown. And they
1: start with the advantage.
0: Right. So I understand, you know, wanting to build up that steam and whatever. I'm just surprised that it's Waltman taking the loss. I would have thought maybe if they were to have laws that Page would take the loss.
1: It doesn't work for me, brother. yeah, I guess not. So
2: um,
1: yeah, solid episode thumbs up for me as well. And damn dude, I am next so excited to get to this next episode, not only for the show itself, but I keep saying it. You guys aren't gonna want to miss the interviews and stuff that we have to talk about on next week's episode. Yeah, I'm terrified for what you're about to tell me next week. And so. then I'm also excited because after next week, it's lockdown. Yeah, that's crazy. We could pretty much wrap it up after lockdown. This is I what mean, I wanted to get to. That, I know.
0: When we first, I'm telling you guys, when we first started this whole thing, when Dallas was like, hey, Bob, you want to do a TNA thing? And he was like, dude, I can't wait to get to lockdown 2005. I'm not even joking. When we were doing the notes for the background of how TNA even started, he was like,
1: Bob. I probably talked about it on that first like little pilot episode we did. Uh, I'm sure you did. Get ready to cross the line. Find that in the archives. It was our very first episode. Yeah. We released three days, I think, before the first pay-per-view to kind of give a background follow-up before the company started. Yes, in 2002, because I do fucking know the date. Yeah, um,
0: sure. yeah it was funny. But, he was just like, oh, yeah, I do Lockdown Gloves by my favorite. And then here we are. Let's go. Here we are. Um, all right, guys. Next week is the go-home show for Lockdown.
3: Can't wait to do it.
0: Can't wait to get trapped inside of the six sides of steel for two hours and 50 minutes or whatever it will be. But that's not next week. It's the week after that. So let's get to it. Until next week for Dallas Gridley, I am Bob Conning Jr., and this has been the TNA Cross the Line podcast.